we're jumping through this next sermon in the People Problems series, and uh, this series has come to a close in the next couple weeks, and uh, I hope it's been meaningful to you. Um, I hope it's been challenging to you if you needed to be challenged in some areas. I hope it's been life-giving. God's Word is when we let it in, and um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to this one. Before we jump into that, let me just pray and ask God to kind of meet us in this place. God, we're so thankful for the opportunity we have this morning to kind of set aside all the agendas we have and all the expectations and all the craziness that consumes our lives to just gather together and hear from you. That's what we want. We don't need more Josh. We don't need more of ourselves. We just need more of you. I don't know what's going on in everybody's hearts and heads this morning, but you do. You know exactly exactly what each of us needs. And so I pray that your spirit would just move in this place and that you would be touching us exactly where we need to be touched, that you'd be moving in this place, that you would be making us more like Jesus. We ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this morning we're talking about people pleasing and I wanna start just by reading a few verses. This is a little bit different because there's not one like large passage that's gonna anchor this message. Usually, I don't know if you've caught on to that or not, but like usually I have one, one passage that's kind of like the anchor for the message and then some supporting verses and stuff that we throw in um, just to show you that like this isn't my opinion because my opinion really doesn't matter. It's what God says that matters. And, um, but this one's a little bit different. So there's not like a large passage that's gonna anchor this, but there's a lot of passages that talk about this. They're shorter, and, but they're so important. And God gives them to us to help us in life and to, to help us be more like Jesus, to help us live better and to experience his blessings more. And um, So they're important, but this is one like you might wanna consider typing some notes into your iPhone or jotting a few things down just because we're gonna kind of cruise pretty quickly near the end of this and there's gonna be a lot of verses thrown out at you, if you want to hold on to them, look at them later, which I highly encourage you do, just a couple minutes of digging into this stuff for yourself, a day or even a week will make a huge difference in your life, Um, then you probably want to just jot some down. I want to start by reading the passage we're going to start with, and it's found in John chapter 12 and verse 42. I'm just going to read a couple verses, then I want to talk about people problems and specifically pleasing people problems. You got any of those? Do you know any of those people? You ever struggle with that? Pleasing people, living to please people, being torn one way or another based on what other people say about you? That's what we're gonna talk about this morning. It says this in verse 42 of John chapter 12. It says, yet at the same time, many even among the leaders, Jesus had been preaching, and uh, somebody's car alarm is clearly going off. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we even actually know what it is. Um, So he he had been preaching, he's talking to people, and uh, there's tons of religious leaders there, and there's tons of um, regular people there, and Jesus has been teaching them, and it says this in verse 42. This summarizes what's kind of going on with the scene here as Jesus has been teaching. It says this, yet at the same time, many, even among the leaders, believed in him. It starts with some good news. Like people are getting the literal good news, the gospel from the mouth of God incarnate, Jesus Christ, here on earth 
Like, and, and here we see this response of the hearts of people is great. Many, many even among the leaders believed in him. But because, never good to throw a butt on the end of a sentence like that, but because of the Pharisees, and if you don't know who the Pharisees are, you can sum it up easily, like they were the religious leaders of the day and age, not a good group. They would, because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. Now this next verse, 43, is so important. It sums up, we get it right here, I don't need to interpret it, it's interpreted right here. It says, for they loved human praise more than praise from God. Man, I hope that could never be said of me. Then Jesus cried out, Whomever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. I want to talk to you today about people pleasing and when I care too much, when you care too much about what people say about you. Listen, caring a little bit is a good thing. I'm really glad you care a little bit. Like you put pants on today when you came to church because you cared a little bit. Hopefully you brushed your teeth this week or at least grabbed some mints to shove in your mouth before coming here and talking to people because um, you care a little bit about what people think. It's important to care a little bit about what people think. We put mints by the coffee because we care a little bit <laughs> about what people think. When I, I don't want to be a person who does not care at all about what anyone thinks ever because then I'm probably a sociopath. Like, it's okay to care a little bit about what people think and a little bit about what they say, a little bit about the opinion of others, but the problem here is that most of us care way too much. We care way too much about what people say about us. And for some of us, it's obvious. You know you have a problem. You have a yes problem. You, you know that you spend way too much time caring about what other people online Think about you. you. You spend way too much time thinking about the reactions of other people. You, some of us, we know, like, yeah, I am a people pleaser. Like, you own it. There's people in this room this morning that own it. For others of us, though, it's more, it's more subtle. Do you ever feel like, you ever feel like you say yes too much? Like, even when it hurts people that are close to you? even when it means you're sacrificing time from people that really matter to you, you keep saying yes to things and to people that want something from you that 
probably shouldn't or maybe they're not that important. And even though in your mind you think, no, 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 even though you pick up your phone and you're like, I'm not going to answer because I know what's on the other side of this and that finger hovers over that red button for a minute, even though you know, even though people that love you tell you, you got to stop saying yes to everything, we still hit the green button, we still answer, we still listen, and we still sign ourselves up for whatever that other person wants. You ever feel like you say yes too much? How about this one? You ever feel like you get manipulated into stuff that you don't want to be in? (laughs) Situations you don't want to deal with? Conversations you don't want to have? You ever feel like people, and and they know how to push the buttons, right? Like you got a mother-in-law that knows how to push all the buttons? Like ding, 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 and next thing you know, You're stuck. I don't have a mother-in-law like that. I'm just, you know, like, my mother-in-law's the best. Thanks for watching, Liz. Um, But, like, (laughs) she's the greatest mother-in-law I ever had. (sighs) You ever feel like you get manipulated into stuff? Circumstances, situations that you're like, what am I doing? I should be at home playing with my kids. And here I am doing this nonsense. I don't need to be doing it. Uh, yeah, or you ever feel like you're exhausted or really worn out from trying to live up to the expectations that other people have on you? You feel like you can never keep up. You're expected to do this and expected to do that. And you have to do the laundry and you have to do... Make, plan all the meals and you have to go get the order from the grocery store and then you have to go do something at Boosters and then you have to go do this for somebody else and then some friend's hitting you up and you're like, all these expectations on you to show up, to be good, to be happy about it, to do all this stuff, right? And that burden, like you ever feel that burden? Or is it just me? The exhaustion of trying to meet everyone's expectations. Sometimes I want to spray paint it on my door. Like, I can't meet everyone's expectations. It's a lot of spray paint, and I'm not that good at spelling, so I don't do it. But I want to. You ever feel worn out and exhausted like that? How about this one? Do you ever feel worry or anxiety because you're afraid of disappointing somebody? You ever stay up at night wondering what a friend thinks about you because you finally did say no that one time? Wondering what they're going to say about you if you don't go to the shower? (laughs) Not the physical shower, like a baby shower, wedding shower, something like that, right? Like, (laughs) we all care if you go to the shower. You should go to the shower. Like, you know what I'm saying. You ever feel that anxiety and worry? It is really easy to get this out of balance. It is really easy to care too much about what other people say about you or think about you. It is really easy to fall into some sort of people-pleasing trap where all your answers are yes, where you are manipulated into stuff you don't want to be in, where you carry this anxiety around and the whole time you are just exhausted and worn out. Listen, there are people who have considered passing on the rest of their lives 
because of this kind of thing. And what I want you to know this morning is that this doesn't just affect us physically and emotionally and socially. It affects us spiritually in really deep and meaningful ways. The origin of it comes from, I think, two things. One is the fear of being rejected or being a disappointment. We don't want to be rejected like that last person left us. That last person isn't our friend, and I don't want that to happen again, and because I'm afraid of being rejected, then I just try whatever I can try to please the people around me. Or fear of being a disappointment. How many sons have grown up with that fear instilled in them by their fathers? That the worst thing my dad ever could have said to me is, son, I'm disappointed in you. The worst thing that I ever could have heard, right? We have this fear of being rejected or this fear of disappointing somebody, or if it's not rooted in fear, then it's rooted in a need. A need that I think is written on our heart, just not a need that God ever designed for us to have met in other people. And that need that's written on our heart that we misinterpret and misapply into our relationships with other people is a need to be loved with a strong love and the need to be accepted. And those two needs written on our heart, we apply to our relationships. And then all of a sudden, I need to be accepted by this person. I need to feel loved by this person. So I'll do whatever you tell me I need to do. I'll jump through whatever you tell me I need to jump through. I'll, I'll, I'll sacrifice whatever I need to sacrifice just so that I can feel loved and accepted. I hope none of this is landing on you. But somehow I feel like Maybe we have these kind of experiences in common. And what happens, what happens when we care too much is that we give away our happiness, we give away our peace, we give away power over our lives, we give away influence into our lives, into our homes, into our families, into our relationships with our kids, to people who don't really know you or care that deeply about you. We make really bad decisions. Just ask anybody who lived through the 80s and the 90s. Remember when we all used to roll our jeans? How stupid is that? <laughs> Stupidest looking thing ever. Like, let's French roll our jeans. There were no French people around saying, this is how you should wear jeans. It was like somebody thought it was cool, and then we all wanted to be loved and accepted, and so we, it leads to really bad decisions, and <laughs> not just really bad fashion decisions. We give away things, we compromise we sacrifice things that were once important to us, values that we once held close to us to be accepted by others. Listen, some of you have been dealing with this for a really long time. Like as long as you can remember, your homes were places where you felt pressure to live up to expectations, where you felt like you were a disappointment, where you would do anything 
to win just a little bit of praise, a little bit of acceptance from your parents. Some of you have been dealing with this as long as you can remember. People in your lives have dangled their acceptance and love for you in front of you and then pulled it back right at the moment that it served them most, always keeping you on the hook, trying to win their approval. Some of you, it's learned. Like you hit middle school. You know how awkward middle school is? It's the worst, right? Like, I don't know what happened. Like, and, and then you had friends, and they were kind of like leaving you for other friends. And, and somewhere deep inside you, you felt like you were losing it. You felt like you were losing the people. You, you felt like you were going to be alone. And so you did things. You dressed a certain way. You, you acted a certain way just to fit in. It's a problem that has a spiritual impact on us because besides giving away our happiness and power and influence, Besides the really bad decisions and terribly bad fashion choices, I had a Fu Manchu at one point in my life. Do you even know what that is? I had dyed tips in my hair. It's really bad decisions. Fortunately, there weren't iPhones. Not that I'm old, right? But like, you had to wind up your camera. <laughs> More importantly than all that, it affects us spiritually because you cannot focus on the opinions of others and hold value to them and value what God says about you at the same time. You see, when you care too much about what other people say and their opinions, you are caring less about what God says about you. You're caring less about what he says is best for your life. You're caring less about following him. Galatians 1.10 says it like this. It says, am I not trying to win, I am not trying to win the approval of human beings. Sorry, I messed it up. Am I trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people if I were trying to please people, listen to this devastating conclusion that I have to own when I'm trying to please people, whether it's at work, whether I dress it up as spiritual, whether it's at home, this is, this is the summary of this, Galatians 1.10. If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of God. You can't be a people pleaser and experience the blessings God has for you. That's why in that verse I read at the beginning of the message, Jesus, he goes on and he says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me shall live in darkness. They believe in him and some of them still choose to live in darkness. And it's following that portion where he says they believed in him, but they cared too much about what people said. Maybe it's time to step out of darkness into light. Doesn't it sound so good to be free of this sickness, this need to please people around us? Don't you want to be free of the opinions of others? Don't you want to be free of all that nonsense? Don't you want to be free of trying to live up to all the expectations 
Like, it's okay. I don't know if you need permission this morning, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. It's okay to let some people down. It's okay to say no. It's okay to disappoint some people. If you do life right, some people should be disappointed. It's okay to not have to carry the burden of the expectations of everybody else. There's something more important than making everybody else happy. There's something more important than pleasing everyone. There's something more important than just try not to disappoint. God modeled it through Jesus, the perfect revelation of Christ and is of God is Jesus Christ, and Scripture teaches us that like God in the flesh when walking the earth modeled it for us throughout his story in the New Testament. And one of those passages in Matthew is found right after Jesus had fed all these people and made the, took a couple loaves and fish and like fed this massive crowd, and he was like, okay, dismiss the crowd, the people that were like looking for miracles. It says in Matthew 14, 23, and he sent the multitude away and he went to a mountain to pray, and he was there alone. See, in this scene, Jesus had taken the disciples, and he said, get on the boat, fly, sail across the Sea of Galilee, I'll meet you on the other side. Didn't give them deets, didn't tell them when, didn't give them a map, just said, get there, get out of here, you're going, I can't be with you right now, you gotta figure it out. And he said to the crowd of people who were still pining for his attention, people that were pressuring and pushing like a, some kind of crazy religious paparazzi. They just want to be healed and they just want to be fixed and they got a sick brother and they got a mom who's dying of something and somebody, kids is really ill and all these people and all these needs and Jesus sends the multitudes away and scripture teaches us elsewhere that he left the crowds often to be alone. Why? All the disappointed people the goofy disciples trying to figure it out across the ocean without him. See, Jesus knew there was something more important. He was okay with disappointing people, with letting some of their expectations down. He would exceed it all in a much greater fashion. You see, God modeled it. In John 5, 41, it says, I, Jesus says, I do not accept glory from human beings. Some of your translations say praise instead of glory because glory is not a term we use very often these days in our time and our place in the world. It says, I do not accept praise from human beings. There's a New Living Translation that is kind of paraphrases these a little bit more and makes them uh, fit into our language a little bit more. And the New Living Translation says, takes that, that passage and translates it into our normal language like this. It says this, it says, your approval means nothing to me. He cared about what his father had for him. If you struggle with pleasing people and to falling into this trap, having your life like up and down, lived by the expectations, the disappointed faces, the judgmental 
cliques of, of other people in your life. I think there's four things that I, pull, I, I can pull from different scriptures that, that kind of make me feel like this is what I need to settle into my heart. Now, I know if you've been living like this, you're exhausted. This isn't a to-do list. And if you're looking for a to-do list, these four things, you might, you might be a little disappointed, but I'm gonna practice what I preach this morning and just not care if you're disappointed. There's four things I think that we need to settle into our hearts to get the balance back to where it should be. And the first thing is you need to find or refine your inner strength. Now, your inner strength it's not something like we define it today in culture. Inner strength does not come from self. It does not come from self-actualization. It does not come from self-soothing. It does not come from self-development. It, 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 it can't be found in yourself. If it could be found in yourself, you would have found it already and you wouldn't be so tired and worn out. Inner strength is something that comes from God and a work he does in your soul. And Isaiah 40 and verse 29, it says, he gives strength. He gives strength. God gives you strength. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. He is the giver of true and real strength. No wonder we're so exhausted when we disconnect our lives from him. Strength comes from God and it it's experienced when we apply trusting God to our everyday lives. Psalms 28, 7 through 8. I told you I was going to throw a lot of verses at you here. It says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. Listen to this part. My heart trusted in him and I was helped. God gives strength to you freely. You experience strength. As you trust him. You ever see somebody walk through cancer like that? Somebody who loves Jesus and his father still hurts, still hard, still difficult. But do you ever see the strength, the peace that they experience even in the midst of all the chaos? You ever watch somebody walk through losing somebody? The gut-wrenching part of losing somebody you care about? Like it's devastating, but there's a strength there. There's a peace somewhere in the middle of all that chaos that comes because that person says, I'm weak, but I trust God. I can't explain him. I don't know why it's happening. I don't have the answers, but I trust him. You see, God gives strength, and we experience strength when we apply our faith into our circumstances, and we choose to trust God over what we see and what we feel. Strength comes from our relationship with him. That's why, like, this kind of thing is so important. Showing up to church is so important. Like, spending time in the Word, your Bible, like, cracking it up, open on your iPhone for a minute a day. Spending a minute in the car ride, just getting your heart ready with God and talking to him. That's why that's so important. In Nehemiah, he's talking to, Nehemiah's talking to people. He says, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. That joy is a, is a relational word. Like what's implied by this verse is that they have a relationship with God and they are enjoying 
that relationship. They're enjoying him. They're enjoying what he has to say. They're enjoying the fellowship of him. They're enjoying being with other people who follow him. It's the joy of the Lord that gives you strength. And it's supplied by his grace. 2 Corinthians 2.9, my grace is sufficient for you. For in your weakness, my power is made perfect. What I love about God's grace is it's free. It's his unmerited favor and pardon for you. He loves you unconditionally, and there's nothing you can do to make him love you more. There's nothing you can do to make him love you less because God is perfect. It's his unmerited pardon of us, that when through faith we accept his work on our behalf through the cross and the empty tomb, that he forgives us, that he makes us new, that he writes our relationship with us. It's his grace that he lavishes on us. It's his grace that we experience strength. Like, you don't have to win the approval of God if you have faith in Jesus. You don't have to do anything to impress him. He's glad you're here, but he's not impressed you're here. You don't have to do anything to make yourself more spiritual, to be more religious, to check all the boxes. Don't you get it? He loves you already. He accepts you already. You don't have to do the dance you do with all these other people. You don't have to fear his disappointed look. He loves you, and he accepts you. The second thing I think that my heart needs is to reorient itself with my identity in him. See, who I am is not what other people say about me. Who I am is not what my past says about me. It's not what my circumstances say about me. Who you are is not what your ex says about you. It's not what your boss says about you. It's not what your kids say about you. That's not who you are. There's so many verses about the identity of God, but to find one that like compacts it, I picked Ephesians 1. And it says this in Ephesians 1, verse 4. We'll just start with verse 4. For he chose us, like if you have a Bible and a pen, circle some of these words. He chose us. He chose you. In him, before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Christ Jesus in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves, talking about Jesus. In him, we have redemption through his blood for the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavishes on us. This passage, it teaches us that you are chosen. You are adopted. That he sees you through Jesus if you've accepted his work on the cross. It's holy and blameless that you are loved and that it pleased him greatly to lavish his grace, your unmerited favor and pardon on you. God doesn't just love you, he likes you. Like you give him great joy. I need to reorient myself with my real identity. That's who I am. Not what they say about me online. That's who I am. Third, I need to reorder my relationships. 
See, I found this to be true, and maybe you have too. Like, the more I care about the opinions of other, the bigger people get in my life, and the smaller God gets. The more bigger God is in my life, the less all of those people hold power over me. I need to reorder my relationships, not so that I have big people and a small God, but I have a big God and the people are way smaller. Proverbs 29, 25 says, trust in the Lord. Don't fear man. You wanna live in safety and security? Then don't live for what others think about you. And the last thing I have to do is I have to reorder my priorities. I need that to sink into my heart. 1 Thessalonians 2.4, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. God, you know my heart. My priority needs to be you over everyone else. We have these new guardrails we're gonna be busting out in a series pretty soon. Important guideposts, they're called. Um, guard posts or guardrails, or I don't, and it doesn't matter. But it says people are second. They're not first. Like God has to be first if you want to experience joy and healing and hope in your relationships. Listen, I don't know if you struggle with pleasing people. Maybe you don't. This whole morning has been a waste of your time. I don't, God's word never goes out and returns void, so I, I don't think it was a waste of your time, even if you think it's a waste of your time. Like maybe you struggle greatly with this and it's been a long time. I hope and pray for you that you can start to experience freedom from saying yes to everybody and being worn out by the expectations of others that you can kind of leave the trap of pleasing people and be more concerned about having a big God who loves you. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to dance for it. It's free. He loves you. He likes you. And he offers you freedom from living a life just torn this way and that way by the opinions and the feelings of everybody else. If only we would just follow him and the blessings that we would experience and the freedom we would experience would go beyond our imagination. Let's pray. God, would you help us? Some of us, this stuff runs real deep. It's real hard. It's been programmed into us since our early childhoods and you are the only one who can free us from the need to have approval from everyone else most of us care too much about pleasing everyone else when we do, you become so small. Would you help us write that in our hearts by knowing our strength comes from you? Our identity is found in you. We can trust you. And I pray that that blessing that we would experience, that freedom we would experience in our soul would spill out into all of our relationships in really meaningful and positive ways that as you heal our hearts, it would affect our lives in such incredible ways. Help us to 
be able to live like Jesus lived. We ask all this in his name. Amen.